Welcome to Jordan Drew, the sports crew, the EWC breakdown for March 15th, 2022. Two days away from the brilliant and Ron Colley state games at the Cole Center. So that's going to be a lot of fun. No Jordan Lorenz on this breakdown. It's myself and Robert Schimmick yet again taking over. We got a lot of good stuff to talk about. Robert, how you doing today? I'm good. Ready for a big week. Yeah, uh, we had that late episode. We had to do that emergency podcast, and we got a lot of good feedback on it. So thank you guys for that. But let's talk now. You know, this breakdown got a lot more interesting because earlier uh, during Monday, we did see the Eastern Wisconsin Conference all or all conference team released. So we got some good stuff to talk about. Um, but overall, we'll get right into the list here, and then we'll talk about those Thursday matchups for both of those squads. But let's get right into it here. Let's start with the all-conference team. We'll start in the first team. I'm going to read them, and then Robert and I will talk about the five names I read. Luke Pouts, no surprise. He's a senior, and then he got the he got unanimously voted on. Jeremy Lorenz as well, unanimously. Pierce Arns, unanimously. And then Cole Hovey and Grant Mons. So that's Ron Colley, Brilliant Keel, Valders Keel. So... Two Keel Raiders get on. Cole Hovey gets on to represent Valders. And then, of course, Lorenz and Pouts get on as well. Robert, initial reactions uh, reactions of this first team, I thought it was not a surprise. No, yeah, it looks pretty good. I mean, obviously, you can, you know, pull strings and argue unanimous and not. But, I mean, that it just all depends on, like, what night you see a player in the conference you know, other teams are seeing good nights, other teams are seeing bad nights. That's very minor detail, but yeah, it looks pretty good. That fifth spot, as we talked about all year, we knew it would be very, uh, very close and very interesting. Um, who got it? I mean, hey, Grant Mons averaged 15.3 rebounds, so he definitely deserved to be on there. I knew, I knew it would be close with a couple guys, but yeah, that's that's what it ended up in. It looks pretty good. I agree, and yeah, the whole unanimous thing, not being unanimous. I think Cole Hovey at a, should have been a lock as unanimous. I'm very shocked he was not, so questioning you know, how that happened. But at the end of the day, he still made it the first team, so oh well. And yeah, Grant Munns uh, was that, ended up being that fifth guy. We, we kind of threw him in there and said, you know, that's probably going to be who it is as a front runner. Threw in some other names, and those guys ended up on the second team. You know, like Geiger, Holly, Olsen, those guys were we, we suggested, and Let's get right to the second team then. So we got two brilliant, one Shilton, one Valders, one Ron Colley. Reese Stangle of Ron Colley gets to the nod. Jackson Olsen of Valders. Max Miller of Chilton. Caden Holly of Brilliant. And then Grady Geiger of Brilliant. So this second team, there is, you know, Reese Stangle is the second team. I was thinking, you know, Braden Yonda might have gotten that nod over him. I thought maybe we switch those two and we'll, we'll talk about Yonda being an honorable mention. But maybe with Stangle being the senior, he gets the nod. Robert, what did you think with Stangle, Stangle over Yonda? What were your thoughts on this second team? Yeah, I know I'm. I like Reese Stangle on the second team. I think I really think he's their second best player. Him and Yonda are very close. They both kind of do the same thing. Uh, just really, really good defenders, really good glue guys, great teammates. But I think just Reese Stangle's ability to shoot it a little bit better from beyond the arc. I think and a score a little bit more, I think that put him over the edge just by a hair. And like you said, like I stated previously, it's all about what players do on any given night against you. And so that's what probably made the coaches vote that way. And, yeah, you know, 
other guy, Max Miller. Um, good to see a Chilton guy on there. Not, I mean, some people might be surprised. Just we haven't we haven't talked much about him during the year, but he really finished strong. Like he had like six 20 point games in the last like ten games. Really finished strong. And you know, when you're the best player on your team, you know you deserve to be in that you know second team. And it there he's much easier to be voted on a second team than like you know a third round college guy or a third or fourth brilliant guy. You know, it's just. It's, it's an easy argument to make, okay, the best player from the fifth team or the fourth best player from the second or first team. So that's what kind of where I am there. But, yeah, it looks pretty good. I think I'm guessing Parker Brown and uh, Yanda were probably the next two oh, in. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, Jackson Olsen, no surprise there. He's easily a top ten player. And, yeah, I think I think that's pretty accurate too. Uh, yeah, I, I think that's – it's a good way to put it. Really good to see, you know, a guy from Chilton make the list. And let's talk honorable mention then, and then we'll, we'll look over it again as a whole here. So Parker Brown gets the nod in his honorable mention. And then Henry Schnell represents New Holstein there. Braden Yonda, honorable mention. Mason Myers of Alders, we've talked a lot about him this year, gets the nod as an honorable mention as well. Alex Breckheimer of Chilton. And then Ryan Fisher to round it out. You know, I, I think this is... This is okay. I'm really glad Mason Myers got on there. I thought that was well-deserved. Alex Breckheimer as well. Uh, what did you think? Henry Schnell getting on there. Uh, we talked about him during the year a little bit. We talked about him, kind of Brown, Jaden Brown of um, New Holstein, and then also Phil Casper. You think, you know, taking Henry Schnell out of that group of three as an honorable mention? Because I figured at least one of them would get an honorable mention now. Do you think that was, that was how it should have w- worked out? Yeah, I think they got it right. You know, New Holstein was in the cellar. Um, finishing in conference and Two Rivers and Sheboygan Falls did not get anyone on, but I don't. I've always I always thought like Two Rivers they won six games. Sheboygan Falls kind of went on a hot streak at the end of the year, but I always thought New Holstein was just when they played their best, they were like better than those two teams maybe. And Henry Schnell, I mean, shot it very well from beyond the arc. I believe he was in like the mid to high thirties, and he set like he might have set like the school record for threes made in a season or something like that. I know he shot a ton of them, but he made a pretty good percentage, I think, in the mid-30s. So he had a good year, and he was – him and Jaden Brown, I think, were their best two guys. Phil Casper, I mean, I know he wasn't playing at the end of the year. I don't know what the deal was there. But, yeah, so I don't know. He Maybe that, that was part of the reason, just wasn't playing at the uh, back yeah. couple of games of the year. So, yeah, I mean, I think, yeah, he definitely deserves to be honorable mention. And he was one of my top ten earlier in the year, and – just, you know, got on a team that didn't have many wins, so we didn't talk about them that much. Exactly. And then, yeah, Parker Brown on Parker Brown on the list. Uh, what did you think of that? I mean, did you think there was a chance maybe? I mean, I mean, second team would have been tough this year for guys like him and Yonda, right, with other guys like with Olsen and Miller. So you, you think this is kind of just how it ends up being for Parker Brown? Yeah, I just think consistency was just why he wasn't on there. And I, I don't have, really have an issue with it. I mean, just wasn't every given night. I mean, he Parker Brown, for the middle of the season, there had a ton of games where I was like, this dude is a first-team all-conference player. And then it's a bunch of games he just kind of, you know, wasn't, you know, brilliant. They had four or five guys that just can go off any night. He took a back seat for a bunch of games there at the end of the year. And I think that kind of hurt him a lot. But, yeah, like I said – when he's on, when he's making his shots, he's um, he's as good as any guard probably in the conference. Like, I mean, in the sectional final, he led all scorers. 
went on a little 7-0 run by himself out of halftime uh, to get him back in the game. And, yeah, so he's – I mean, he's just as deserving up there. But, like I said, it's just that consistency thing. And, you know, he's Brilliant's fourth best player. So it's kind of tricky. Brilliant didn't even take first in conference. So sort of have four players on the first two teams. I mean, that's half of the top ten yeah. players. That's – but I will say, though, overall as a conference, I'm, I am I really like the five players per team. Some conferences you see they have seven, eight, nine guys. It's just like – we're just giving awards to anyone and everybody. And it's, I do think it's good that EWC just stayed with that five to truly honor the most deserving players. I agree. And I got one more for you. Uh, Ryan Fisher and Joe Witzak. I mean, Joe Witzak not getting on. Do you think Fisher over Witzak was a fair way to go about that? Or what, what do you think there? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I like Joe Witzak. I, 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 I know. I felt that was a close one. It's close. I definitely think Witzak should have been on there. I mean, I think he's kind of in that Parker Brown boat, uh, maybe a lower level, just like, you know, he's Ron Colley's like fifth guy, fourth. I think he's Ron Colley's fourth guy, but I think Joe Witzak, a little better defender than Fisher. Fisher made, has, you know, made some big threes, and he shot the ball well, especially after his kind of cold start to start the year. But, yeah, I definitely think Witzak, I'd probably put him on there maybe instead of Fisher, but – you know, it's splitting hairs. You're very close, and obviously it's whatever coach voted him. He must have been on that night. So, yeah, two two deserving players, but that's just kind of how it goes sometimes. Exactly. Just wanted to highlight some players that maybe didn't get on the list, but we'll get to the, the part of this. You know, everyone wants to hear the player of the year. Luke Pouts of Roncalli gets it done, uh, rightfully so with, I mean, looking at stats and stuff, how he performed uh, near the end of the year and just overall throughout the year, right? Um, I just, for me, you know, I think it really took control for him was, you know, it was a game Jordan Lorenz and I announced at Ron Colley at the jet hanger against Keel, put up a 2020 game against, I know it's Keel and I know brilliant had some good outings against them as well, but I mean, he's just had, you know, had some great games like Ron Colley school setting school record setting games for the conference winning jets. Robert, what do you think with Luke Pouts winning player of the year? Yeah, they got it right. I mean, he's traditionally it's best player from the best team. But, I mean, I think, you know, if Brilliant and Ron Colley tie, I still think he gets it. He's the senior. And, you know, statistically-wise, he was a lot better than Jeremy Lorenz. Jeremy Lorenz is probably obviously your second, your runner-up in the player of the year. But, yeah, I I just think there's no – they're very close. Um, you know, I know Luke Pouts is getting D3 looks. Jamie Lund's getting D1 looks. But that's very irrelevant when it comes to this. And if you're just looking on how they played this year, Luke Pouts, he just had a better season. I mean, 56 in the – that has to be – I'm, I'm thinking that's an EWC record. It's got to like be. I know, like, I know he had 47, and Brilliant's record's 45. And, I mean, I obviously don't know every team. But, like, 56, I haven't heard anyone, at least in the last 20 years, score more than 56. So, just an amazing player. And it's just, like, he's been in the EWC for, you know, four years now. And it's just, like, it's just going to be weird next year without him. Because you think around Kali, you had, you know, Chomby and you had Stelzer. Stelzer. It's just, like, they've always had big guys. And it's just, like, yeah, it's just, like, you just thought the last couple years, you just thought of, oh, Luke Pouts around Kali. Just, oh, how – Sheesh, how, how are we going to defend him? He is just a bull inside. And, yeah, it's, it's just – I think the EWC 
is uh, the other teams are, you know, they're fortunate. They don't have to look him any or prepare for him any longer because he's, I mean, he was just really frustrating to prepare against, I'm sure, for most of the other coaches. Exactly. And yeah, I brought that up actually on Monday's episode. If you want to go give a listen, episode 53, I brought up, look at these records that Luke Peltz has broken this year and look at the guys who have played for Ron Kelly last decade. I mean, I even brought, you know, Bryce Pouts, look, and we brought Ben Stelzer, of course, Berenger, and then Chambi, and then, you know, just a long list of, you know, guys for a, a dynasty, basically, in high school basketball with the Ron Colley Jets, right? And Luke Bouts is breaking records, so congrats to congrats to him and the Ron Colley Jets, you know, and it's looking good for Jeremy Lawrence next year. And, Robert, do you have any other comments about this conference team? No, not really. I mean, that's it, it was pretty much the exactly how I thought it'd go. Really no surprises. I knew Luke was going to win player of the year. Um, and, yeah, it's just – yeah, it's, I think they got it exactly right. And I, I'll also just finish it with this. I think it's always like – there's always people, you know, a man, oh, this person got honorable mention, this person got second team. It's just like, yeah, it doesn't matter. Like the coaches, they're not, they're not stressed about it. They don't really care. That's that's what I want to tell those people. It's just like it's not a big deal who's the 13th or 14th best player in the conference. Nobody cares. So it's just like that. that's just a thing. It's great to recognize these players, but people also just have to keep in perspective that this stuff is not that important in the course of a season, and it's it really means nothing at the end of the day. True, yeah, and that, that's just how it is. But, yeah, I, they got the player of the year right, and they got, you know, the first team right. And they got the, I think they got everything right. So to, to the most part, right? So with that, let's move on to Thursday's games. Robert, how excited are you? We get to see the Brilliant Lions and the Ron Colley Jets. Brilliant's going to kick it off 1.35 p.m. tip. And that's going to be the four seed Brilliant. They're going to face the one seed there, West Salem. Um, let's talk about West Salem a little bit here. 26-1. and one out of the Cooley conference, right? That's how, that's how we say it. And then, mm-hmm. yeah. So they are, yeah, like I said, 26 and one, they finished 11 and zero in that conference and looking at it, you know, Robert, give, give the people your scouting report on West Salem. I want to hear first what you got. Yeah. Well, they played that Cooley conference and it's traditionally been a pretty good conference. You know, a lot of great players come out of black river falls and the electric uh, Tremperlow. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, it, I looked at it. I looked at all the teams. They had one loss, non-conference loss, to Eau Claire North, I believe. And Eau Claire North is a sectional final D1 team. Maybe sectional – I know they're a sectional D1 team. So they're a really good squad. That's, that was a tough loss to them. But, I mean, they haven't really had, like, too many close games besides that. I don't even know if they've had a game within, like, 10 points, 15 points. All their games are from 20 to almost 50-point wins. So it'll be very interesting. It's like you kind of have to think, like, is this, like, you know, a legit team or are they just beating a lot of bad teams? But at the end of the day, they're 26-1, and one and you have to respect them. They got two very capable players. They have a 6-7, uh, Peter Lotto. He, he really caught my eye when I first watched them. Uh, he averages about 15 a game, but just 6-7. Kind of – I. I don't know. I almost. This is a very scary player. I'm gonna say here, but like a Jeremy Lorenz, Luke Pouts. Like if you mix them in two, like just like a six hybrid. seven. Yeah, like a six seven Jeremy Lorenz. Um, you know when he's driving, he's got the big arms, big legs. 
can finish. And then, but he's like, he's a lot strong. He's really, really strong. And a lot of times we'll just play bully ball, like especially on the offensive rebounds. And he's out of control a lot of times, but it's just, he's so effective on getting those putback rebounds. Very, very strong player. So I think, you know, he's kind of like a hybrid Luke Pouts in Jeremy Lorenz, as scary as that sounds, but yeah, he's a very good player. Then they got a, uh, Copenhagen guard uh, shoots it, I believe, around 40%. Very good. Averages about like 17, I think. So, yeah, Bruins got their hands full. But I know, if you know, they just slow down. And they got to try to win it in the 40s and 50s. I, this brilliant offense, they can score. But this West Salem, I mean, they've hit 90, 80, just a bunch of times. They can score as well. So, I think if Brilliant kind of takes a page out of the Freedom sectional final game book and it's like, no, we're just really going to focus on defense, and we got to win this game in the 40s and 50s. I, I think it'll be a very close game if that's their mindset. If they want to get into a track meet, yeah, it could be 80 to 70, but I don't know. I might favor West Salem if they try to do that. Yeah, I, I think that's going to be a strategy for Brilliant here to win this game. I do think what's in Brilliant's favor here, West Salem, they have not played a lot of close games, and I think that wow. might be a benefit. I don't know, you know, have minutes, minute logs, but – you know, if these starters haven't really gone deep into games, because look, even these playoff games, they, they've ran right through them. I, I 20, 30 point games oh, yeah. for some of them. So that's got to be a little concerning if you're West Salem, because, you know, your players haven't played maybe a full 36 that we've seen Jeremy Lorenz or, you know, a guy like that who's had to play the, the full length, having your star play those full lengths. That's why I don't know about, you know, Peter Lados, if he's played, you know, those full 30, maybe not 36, but 30 plus minutes in a game. Of course, Carson Kepnick as well. Have, have these guys done it? We don't know. So I think that might hurt West Salem, and that might be something if you're brilliant, you know, might be in on really on your side. But I, I mentioned this in our emergency episode, Robert. If brilliant starts slow again this postseason, I, I think it's going to be you know a tough they're, waterfall they're gonna, to climb up of. It's going to catch up with them one of these times. I mean, I've said it. It's just like. Obviously, just had conversations with, you know, some brilliant people and just fans. I mean, literally, their season, I didn't know if they were going to win a playoff game. I mean, they were. you were at that game in Oostburg. I, and I was. There, it's like, oh, it's. it wasn't like we just started slow. It wasn't like, oh, well, we're just not hitting shots. Like, it was the a half. second half, we were down like seven points, eight to ten points. And I was like, I don't like, we're going to have a tough time winning this game. Uh and, you know, they pulled away. And then they're down 10 against Denmark. They're down 12 in the second half. Lorenz is out with six minutes to go. Somehow find a way to win. Like, they had no business winning that game, too. Then they got a break, you know, with Kiwani. And then the same thing happened with Freedom. I mean, down 19-5 to against a Freedom Irish team. And just, I mean, granted, the scoreboard went off. A lot of stuff happened in Brilliant's favor. The scoreboard gate. Yep, but... I mean, it, it was just – it's just amazing, the perseverance. I mean, I don't know if um, Brilliant just wants to start the game 10-0. to zero and They want to give play the way. other team a handicap. Yeah, so they don't even have to deal with getting down 10 points. They can just start down 10. And But, no, I, I in all seriousness, though, I, I really think Brilliant is right in this game. That 1-4 spread can be a little misleading, but I've watched um, both of their sectional games with West Salem. Yeah, they're not – they were not nowhere near the level of Denmark or freedom opponents. And yeah, I just think this is a really close game. I do think it stays within single digits. I, and I hope it does. It, it very well couldn't, but we will, I'll be very excited to see how this game goes.
Yeah, I am looking forward to it as well. West Salem, I think I think single digits is definitely going to be how this game goes for sure. Uh, just look, yeah, like looking through it yet again, um, these opponents are just, it's just not the same that same level of competition that Brilliant's gone through, especially in the EWC. Look, another team made it in, to stay even in the conference, which says a lot as well. But I, I yeah, single digit is going to be what I am rooting for. Of course, I'm rooting for a game, right? And I, you brought up Brilliant in Denmark. Uh, Brilliant had, like you even said, Brilliant, no, no business winning that game. And it's just, it's insane to see this team made to stay because I personally, I, I thought they might even lose to Denmark. And I mean, they almost did, but this team's just time and time again, have proved a lot of people wrong and they're at the Cole center. So uh, that'll be a lot of fun, Robert, and you'll be enjoying it. I'm sure. And the whole, all of the whole city of Brilliant will be there, I believe. Right. Isn't that kind of what let's go, how it's going to be? Probably. Um, and I hope I hope we pack it. That first game is always a fun one to play. I know Valders didn't they play? They, the first they, game? We did. Yes, Kettle Moraine, Trent classic. Hickman, buzzer beater, and then let's not bring up the championship game. Uh, let's just not do it. We won't. But yeah, let's talk about the division for the night game. Ron Colley and Marshall. This will be that. Um, we both said it before we recorded. Full disclosure: we really like Ron Colley in this game. I think you know. Ron Colley's got probably arguably, you know, one of the best players in division four left in Luke Pouts. Uh, Milwaukee Academy science is very talented. So you got to say one of, but this is, I, I think they really got this Marshall team. I, th- I think they'll take care of them. Cause again, Ron Colley's played a tough schedule again in the EWC, right? A division four team playing D three squads usually, usually goes well for the state tournament, getting them that good competition. Plus they've had really good non-con games throughout the year, but, Robert, what's the scouting report on this Marshall squad? You know, they come out of the Capital North Conference, and, I mean, New Glarus is in their conference. I mean, a team we saw Ron Colley have trouble with a couple years ago, uh, but we won't talk about that. I mean, Marshall finished 6-4 and four in their conference, and, I mean, Belleville, I'm guessing they're D3 because they're 9-1. and one. They won the conference. But, yeah, so, I mean, Marshall – Obviously, they took care of Luther, only gave up 14 points in the first half of the sectional final at Baraboo. And they scored 40 in the second half to really just run away with that game. I mean, yeah, averaging 62.8 points per game, 22-6. and six. Solid squad, but like you said, I, I, I really like um, Ron Colley in this one. Not sure what defense they play. Uh, if they play zone and they have a really good zone, maybe that gives Ron Colley fits a little bit. It takes a while to figure out. I know SMC – they gave him fits in the first half, but, I mean, we saw how that game ended up. But, yeah, I mean, I definitely – and I said this before the Ron Colley-Iola game. I think Iola, Ron Colley, and Milwaukee Academy of Science, I, I think those are your best three teams in Division Four. And then you got your Sheboygan Lutherans, but they lost. So, yeah, you don't have to worry about them. And it's just kind of where it is right now. I, I definitely think they have this game by 15, 10 points, but – yeah, we'll see. I mean, I've, I've seen Ron Colley play really dominating several years ago at the Cole Center, and then they, they got upset the next year to the four-seed uh, New Glarus. Uh, That's quite the so game. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's just very interesting. You never know how they're going to play. I know Luke Pouts does have experience on the Cole Center floor, and that it does help more than people think, just with the depth perception and everything. So, And that was a long – that was pre-COVID a long time ago, but – 
Yeah, I definitely think um, I definitely think uh, Ron Colley pulls this one out. I like Ron Colley in this game as well. Just want to point out here, Marshall, they did play Partyville. They played them at Pfizer Forum on December 15th. That's pretty cool. Wednesday night oh. game at Pfizer. So yeah, they've, played, they've played in a pretty big venue as well this year. Um, so I, I'm looking forward to this game. But, yeah, Ron Colley will definitely have this one on the TV uh, for sure. Robert, will you be at this game? Yeah, I mean, it, I definitely probably will be. I mean, I'll be in Madison all day. Um, I, I mean, I kind of never know, you know, if brilliant wins, obviously. You never know what the itinerary is after the game. Not exactly sure yet, but I definitely think I'll be around for this one. And, yeah, I'll probably be, um, you know, I'll be reporting it as it's played. So should be should be a fun one to watch. And we're trying to get you that media pass so you can really yeah. have the inside scoop courtside. I actually, I actually looked it up today, what I had to do, and it said one of the first things it says, media pass will not be allowed to uh, news or whatever reporters that just cover one team or a specific number of teams. So that's unfortunate. I'm guessing I will be denied, but yeah. Next year's another year. That's what I can say to that. One day – We'll get. We'll have you on the courtside floor covering the EWC squads. Hopefully, more at state, of course. But yeah, uh, we're looking forward to some good championship game Saturdays. I will be at at state Friday and Saturday, so I'll be covering it on on the Twitter JD Sports Pod. I'll be posting EWC stuff as well. Make sure we get some good content out, and of course, Robert will be posting scores and such on Instagram at EWC underscore Sports. Make sure to follow that. But yeah, Robert, do you have anything else to wrap up this episode? No, I mean, I would say it's up to this point. Yeah, pretty now that the, I mean, I know the girls just came out too. So I'm guessing we'll have another episode on that coming up here too. But yeah, pretty good year for the most part um, for the EWC. Now that the all-conference teams fully came out and yeah, we still got two playing. So let's uh, play uh, four more games, let's hope. Yeah, I agree. Let's do it for the EWC. But now just to talk about scheduling before this episode ends. Around next week, I'm hoping we can get that EWC final stuff in, you know, the, the regular season. I guess the full season recap for both boys and girls will hopefully come out. And then, yeah, we'll still be talking about the girls all-conference squad. And that kind of puts – that'll wrap up everything then for the basketball season in the Eastern Wisconsin Conference. And then we got spring sports, so – We'll see what with the breakdowns. Maybe we get Jordan Lorenz on reading some baseball scores and softball scores. Talk maybe about some track results, maybe some records being broken, all that good stuff, right? So, yeah, with that, thank you all for listening to yet another episode of Jordan and Drew, the sports crew, the perfect podcast for you.